Hey everybody, it's your old pal Tom Tom here. Welcome back to the Song and a Friend podcast, the show that delivers a friend and a song and a lot about both. When I met today's guest, his reputation preceded him. My bandmate from Bottle Rocket Blue, Troy, called me on the phone one night in 2003. He said, You've got to come into town and meet these guys the label is hosting from Canada. They're a band called Red Umbrella, and they have sweet gear. Amps we've never heard of before. They are super cool. Long story short, Bottle Rocket became friends with Red Umbrella and represented the same artist's agency based out of Alparaiso for a few years and played a show together for the first time in 2004, a gig at a little coffee house called The Rockin' Fish in Chillicothe, Ohio. At that gig, I also met Shannon Hager, another friend-slash-guest of this podcast, but that's another story. Anyway, Dennis and his brother Jeremy were also gifted studio engineers, and when I started playing with the Texarkana 2, the brothers Michaelis produced those sessions. And yes, I got to borrow some of their sweet gear, too. Today's episode features a track from a 2012 session, a 60s-tinged rocker whistling past the graveyard. The title of this song is an homage to the band Daniel Amos, but that, too, is another story. Anyway, here's Graveyard.
talking to my good friend, Dennis Michaelis, who's also a guitarist slash pastor and a really creative uh, electric guitarist, uh, someone whose work I've admired for a long time. And he's helping me introduce to you today the song Whistling Past the Graveyard. That was during your years here in the States, but now you're up in Perry Sound, Ontario. That's right. And, uh, welcome, welcome, Dennis. Say hi to all the all the folks listening in podcast. Line. Hello, everybody. It's good to be here. I feel honored to be a guest on, on the podcast. So it's, oh, thanks. Uh, I actually always wanted to have a podcast. And so this is a good first step into that. <laughs> cool. So Dennis, when when you ha- when you went back and you listened to the song, what were your impressions? What ran through your mind? And you know, yeah. what jumps out? Well, I, I guess if we, I kind of like you know have two ways of assessing it, right? Like lyrically and musically, and sure. maybe those two paths intertwine at certain points. But there was like the first. My first thought is I. <laughs> I, w- I liked it better than I remembered, which is just really like, I, I don't remember that came out maybe bad. Like, no, I, no, it's I always, okay. <laughs> I always liked the song. It was, I never, I never disliked the song, but you know, you kind of work on a project and it, uh, mm-hmm. it's just you, the magic is sort of gone. Right. Cause you see how the, the cake is made. Right. right. It's yeah. like, Oh, this is uh this is uh, Tom's electric going into this box, mic'd up the way we've mic'd up, you know, this other guitar. And, and, uh-huh. and yeah, it sounds good. It sounds like a guitar, you know, it's like, um, and we're trying to make it good. We're always trying to make it great, as good as we can. But then you put this distance of, of like, I, I, it's been so long since I was a part of that. I honestly don't even remember what we did. And, and just the track had a, I love the guitar tones. I mean, that's where I was headed. The guitar tones just have a nice raw, I don't know. Would you remember what you were playing? I'm, I'm thinking it was an AC 30, but. It was an AC 30 and the guitar, I think was your, I think that's. Or you mean the, the red Gretsch that. that no, sorry, Gretsch. sorry. Yes. I, I think I was playing your red Gretsch. Yeah. That was and an awesome guitar. I was so happy that you guys understood how much I valued the raw guitar sound um, and we're, we're okay with it because I've been in different studio settings where they are like, well, no, we need to move you harder in this direction. We need to move you harder in in this direction. And you guys were just so gentle. Like, is this what you want? Is this what you want? Okay. But those two, the, this is paired with another song. It came out as an A side, B side. And I really just love the overall energy and sound of it. So, but th- thank you for saying what you did. Uh, continue. Yeah. So yeah, the love, the electric sound, it kind of has uh, the whole band. I remember at that time, 10 years ago, mm-hmm. it was, I feel like you guys were kind of, uh, you guys, your band was running countercultural to what a lot of bands in that time frame were doing. Like we were, <laughs> We were like we had moved into playing with cl- uh, the the click and the tracks and sure. like filling out the mix sure. and you guys were kind of doing that sort of retro throwback to like oh no no, no click you know oh well, you might have had a click but no tracks like we're it's a there's a rawness to it mm-hmm. and I feel like that has really served you well like it aged really well oh thanks like, you know um whereas like I, I go back and listen to some songs that we did in that era that were overproduced and like uh, that's that's what i hear now i just hear sort of uh I, oh i just wish we could have been more like a band 
Um, you know, and so that really has that. And in fact, I think that song, like your, what you were doing really influenced uh, our last effort, uh, mm. which was uh, in, in our band Red Umbrella, we released uh, this album, Gust of the Wind, and yeah. and it never yeah. really got released, but you helped us on it. And I did. I think, I think you are helping us kind of come back to what's it like to be a band. And I hear that <laughs> in this song. So that was, those are some of my thoughts. Also, the organ on this one, it's uh, that brought back memories like instantly. For those of you, if you go back and listen to the song, there's this organ in it. It's an, it's an ace tone. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's like from the sixties and it was all, it actually came out of our church, this church that I'm in right now. We, I grew up in this church. It came from Bayside. It came from Bayside family church from like the, we found it in a closet and we moved it down to Indiana and it was in the studio like for years <laughs> and uh, and you you really uh, like it's this old analog piece of gear and it's just kind of like in a lot of ways uh, a very bl- blah instrument like it's just kind of like but it's it's got a thickness and a richness to it and it just it sounds awesome in the mix and it brought back a lot of memories so I really like that um, that's cool that's cool yeah and there's so much I want to say about all that I. Well, it's mutual. I, I guess I asked you to to engineer you and Jeremy to to help produce it because I admired what you guys are doing. It was a mutual a mutual admiration, and I think I'll give you the same favor that you gave me a minute ago of talking about baking the cake. Uh, over the over the years, I have a you know a, a CDR of Gust of Wind, and I've returned to it from time to time, and I just hear a beautiful, beautiful project. You know, mm-hmm. you probably remember all of the the work and the steps right, and, right. and struggle to make it happen. But I can I can sit back and just enjoy all of the songs like like Jonah and the song with the with the phrase "We are stronger" and uh, right. yeah. you know just some really really great things in there. Uh, but it's cool. yeah, it's 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 a little bittersweet also for me because I miss being in a in a band of, of 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 my own and it's a hard thing to to miss and it's a hard thing to keep going you know in perpetuity yeah it is <laughs> no that's cool i i kind of thought it was interesting uh the way that you did the acoustic solo first <laughs> i my first thought was i didn't like that like i i was like I, this, the acoustic solo came in and I was like, hmm. And I, I, I didn't want that there. It felt hmm. too gentle. Like, you know, it's okay. like, this is so raw. And then you, and then it was too gentle. And then, you, then the second guitar solo came in and I was like, that's what, that's, that's it. That's what I wanted. But then I realized, you know, like upon listening to it a few more times, I actually, I actually think that that progression, I don't know if you meant it or not, but it really suits the song. It meant, I really see it as sort of working with the story of the lyrics as, as the lyrics, as I understand them. Okay. (laughs) That's fine. Uh, That could either be a question for me or a question for your, for your brother, because he did the final mix. Okay. Um, sometimes he'd send me a mix and I was like, Oh, that wasn't quite what I expected, but I trust Jeremy's vision over mine because sometimes you want, (laughs) you want, 
somebody to, to, to dress you up as, as best they can, you know, like I, you know, for a photo shoot, you don't do your own makeup. Well, I guess maybe some people do, but <laughs> <laughs> that may have been his choice. My inspiration for the first half of the solo section came out of like late sixties, garage rock, rave up, trying to go for something like the kinks, which is what I was going for. And sometimes they would drop in an acoustic guitar doing something over the top of a, a mix in an overdub. Or maybe I outlined it with an acoustic and then there's in the files somewhere there's an electric take that didn't get used. I don't I don't remember. Didn't get, didn't make it. I actually so I kind of grew to like like it. It was a slow burn, you know, it was my first but I I often find that with, you know, tracks it's like sometimes your first impression is actually i find oftentimes my first impression is is incorrect i i so often there's songs that i hear and I'm, i i tell tell my wife like, i don't even like that song and then a couple of weeks later i'm i i'm let's the one i go back to and i listen think, to it again, again do you think uh, that's a function of being a creative mind and a and a working musician yourself um that you, you hear something and you think, okay, that's how this was put together. That's how this was assembled. And, you know, you're, you're, you're analyzing first. I, I find that I do that a lot when I'm listening to music. I think, oh, I can play that. Or how did they do that? Or this must be the way that they put that together. And it's almost like the, the, the letting go and just letting it wash over you and enjoying it almost comes second. Yeah, I do find that. So like, I find that, uh, Sometimes songs often surprise me. Like if I go and sit down and listen to a record, I don't have as much luck with enjoyment as I do when like it catches me by surprise. Like some, I'm, I'm in some building and it comes on and it's playing through a good sound system. I'm like, I love this song, you know, it's just, <laughs> but it surprises me right? Um, because I wasn't, I was listening to it with a different capacity and maybe different expectations. Sure. I, I didn't really need it to do anything. I just, uh, I was just enjoying it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I do find that that often happens. And I can be kind of a guarded listener and I don't know where that comes from. Maybe that's a better question for my psychologist or therapist, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I, I have a pretty, a pretty, a uh, pretty strong border guard <laughs> when it comes to like creative, you know, artistic things that I, that I enjoy. Um, Is that like an identity thing? Like, because you identify know. as a creative that if somebody comes up with something that are you thinking, well, that's better than what I can do. Or do you, do you feel like very free in your identity to just mm. enjoy music? Well, I think the older I get, the more freer I am with just enjoying things. Uh, yeah. I, I think being an ideologue, is sort of a young man's game. <laughs> I have, yeah. maybe I'll leave it at that for the moment, but I've been listening to music really seriously ever since I was a kid. I've, I've thought about this. Like I've, even as a child with a single digit age, you know, way, 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 way back, I still felt like music should have some, some weight or substance to it. But, um, but I can also just enjoy bubblegum for, for what it is. But sometimes I kind of have to take a little bit of effort to get myself to that place. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. I'll have to keep thinking about that. I'll have to yeah. keep thinking about that. Check suits and check pants. Sweatshirts and sweatbands. 
the lyrics of it, it's a song that doesn't take itself too seriously, right. um, lyrically, but I feel like that's like really intentional. Like, and, and so I, where I would say that is in verse two, track suits and track pants, sweatshirts and sweatbands, big hips and big hands. Like that's like, these are just like, it's just fun, right? It's not too serious, right? Right. Um, but then yet the song ironically is about death, I think. <laughs> to me, like the the whistling past the graveyard sure. is a, is this like as a Christian and knowing that you're a, a believer as well. Like mm-hmm. my first thought is that's a really interesting line because it's like death is the one thing we all face, and without a hope of Christ, it's it, it, you cannot face it without fear. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't think you can. And uh, and yet you're here saying you can whistle past the graveyard. Wow. To me, to me, I, I'm thinking like it's it's a call to uh, this. It's this high hope, right? That mm. that a man well, of faith can actually face death, face the prospect of death with joy. Ah, I see. I see. I see. So so like to me, the song that's like the central theme is this idea that we can face death with joy. Um, wow. because of the hope in Christ. <laughs> we can and then that with joy. That's crazy. And then I also think that um uh it's like it's also a call to to say that we don't we can't take ourselves too seriously. So mm-hmm. um like I think of Ecclesiastes, right? Like where the the author is like surveying all the work of his hands. Uh-huh. He had done, he had explored all these different avenues of, of ways to build a name for himself, you know, through what he had built, through the knowledge that he had acquired, all of this sort of thing. But in the end, he says, it's all meaningless. It's all like a vapor here, sure. one minute, gone the next. And and then I kind of felt like you were alluding to that um, yeah. okay. in the line, uh, um, pile rocks on the sand. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah like yeah. it's like, it's kind of reminds me of Jesus is saying like, don't build your house on uh, the wise man doesn't build his house in the sand, right? Right. Um, but in a sense, it's it's like uh, it's like you're kind of like toying with that idea that our whole life is um, <laughs> it, it's going to be here one minute and gone the next. Don't don't think you're building this eternal um, thing that is going to make your name great forever. In the in the end, it's all rocks in the sand, but that's okay. I didn't, I didn't take that as like, like, okay, I feel like I'm dancing in the realm of like, um, like some sort of uh, uh, philosophy of like, it's all meaningless, you know, oh, right, so don't worry right, about right. anything. But no, actually, no. I, I, I think paired with the Christian hope of an eternity, like my identity is not in what I do and what I create with my hands, but it's, it's rooted in Christ. And as a result, I don't have to worry too much about what I'm doing, I can just, I can go through life. I can enjoy, I can love, I can create, and um, I can hold it all loosely at the same time. And so to me, that's how that song, like, I actually like how you paired <laughs> lightheartedness of verse two, which sure. is just kind of like fun with this serious topic of the death. And then the idea of like, you know, you're whistling and the bop, bop, bars and like, it's <laughs> right. all just like, it's, it's this joy in face of a dark topic. One of the, I just remembered, I should just do a quick shout out to Monroe. I really love that. I don't know what you call it. Like a halftime drum roll that he does. Uh-huh. Like, but da, 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 da. <laughs> no, the, I love that. <laughs> it's just, uh, 
I, I don't know if I gave him enough credit when that was being done. He, he had a, a very unique style. Mm-hmm. And I loved I loved playing with him in the band setting. And my wife would say, you and, and Monroe really, really sync up really, 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 really well. And mm-hmm. um, for a couple of years after my li- our lives had changed, I, I went, kind of went through Monroe withdrawal. <laughs> you know, it was it was hard uh, yeah. to find to find uh, somebody with that kind of simpatico musically. But, yeah, mm-hmm. he's an incredible drummer. And he never gives himself enough enough credit for it he is a a guest on one of the episodes he and i talk about my song called take off your ipod which was from the earlier session i did with with you guys well dennis i i think i've got a lot of great great uh conversation here to to piece together for for our folks and this was really 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 fun so yeah i enjoyed it so anytime thank you thank you 